Welcome to the Inspire Preaching Podcast. We have a special guest today, Evangelist Scott Burks. Thank you for joining us today. I am your host, Douglas Boyd. We're going to take you to our Sunday service today where we had evangelist and missionary Scott Burks with us preaching the word. So let's jump right into it today with no further ado, evangelist missionary Scott Burks. And there was a picture of a fighter jet, like an airplane fighter jet, and next to it was a, like a 747 passenger airplane so down below it it said fighter jet flies up next to the passenger plane stops makes eye contact with the pilot looks over through the intercom or through their radio says how's it going guy says going well fighter jet guy says watch this and he hits it takes off flies up does a big barrel roll shoots down they're over the ocean shoots down by the water like buzzes the ocean shoots back up next to the um, next to the airline pilot fighter jet guy pulls up next to the airplane and says what'd you think pilot's like okay it was impressive he goes watch this so the fighter jet airline pilot flying through middle of the air same speed 15 minutes go by fighter jet guys looking over there like pilot comes back on from the passenger plane comes back on and says what'd you think he goes man we're just nothing happened he goes, well, for you, nothing happened. I got up, went back to the back, took a shower, had, a, had lunch, went to the bathroom, met with my crew, and came back to my seat and sat down. 15 minutes. So I heard that story. I was telling Kelly about it. I was like, I got to work that into a sermon, you know, and because it's just, it's, there's too many things in there. And so I was thinking about that this morning. And, you know, here's, here's, here's how I want to work this in. All of us in this room today have a perspective. You, you can take a bubble put it around your head wrap it around your brain get it in your mind and you can say okay this is what's going on this is reality okay fighter jet guy pulls up to the passenger plane watch this does all that cool stuff other guys like okay great right we have this mindset so many of us we all of us I would I have to say all of us we have a mindset and sometimes it's locked in only on ourselves our own circumstances. I'm terribly guilty of this. I spend a lot of time by myself. I travel a lot. I'm alone a lot. And so it's hard for me sometimes to get outside of what's going on in my little brain. Does anybody else have this issue from time to time? Okay, so some of y'all, I'm glad I'm not the only one. And so this morning, let's think about this. I want us to kind of get in the mindset of, I believe, what Jesus would want us to hear today in this time together. As we, um, as we just move forward in our, in our worship gathering today, I want you to draw an imaginary, just draw a circle around you right now. Maybe give yourself about three feet. Just imagine that you've got a three-feet circle around you. That's yours. The only other person that's in that circle is God. Now, as this music plays in the background, I want you to just imagine the creator of the universe is in your circle. Okay, so let's just take a minute. Probably be good just to close your eyes. That way you're focused. Now do your best just to kind of picture who you think God is. Picture, picture the face of God, the, 
the hands of God, the heartbeat of God. Picture God right now with you in this circle. Now, in the best of your abilities, what would you like to tell God right now? Just be really honest with God. What do you want God to know? Now, what do you think God is saying back to you? Now, I want you to pray one simple prayer. I want you to pray this. God, please give me your perspective. God, please give me your perspective. God, help me understand what you want me to know today. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Let's pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't want you to actually answer this out loud, but I do want you to answer this. What was that like? How long has it been since you've done something like that where you just got alone with God in your own circle? When I became a Christian, somebody taught me how to have a quiet time. And they literally said, Scott, it's a period of time you set aside to be alone with God, usually in the morning, where you pray and listen to God's word. That was the formula. That was what they taught me. And I took them up on it. I literally started having quiet times. And I have a journal. I have one with me this morning. And you guys know, if you've been with me before, you know how important my journal is. I've got, I don't know how many journals in my office. I could stack them up about this high all these years since I was 16. And so... Time alone with God is important. Time in a corporate worship is incredible as well. What we're doing together today is amazing. And so many times we just come to church and we, you know, we came and you guys had breakfast today and that was fun. Anybody like the breakfast? Was that good? Okay, Doug said he's going to cook breakfast every Sunday now from, for, for the rest of his life on earth. Right now in this room is the king. And so uh, we got one amen. We're going to have to do better than that as we go through this. All right, here we go. And so... Uh, I'm, I'm looking at my daughter Macy to see if she says amen. So Kelly, if she says it, just give me a head nod. All right. And so you know, we're going to have to get into this because here's the deal. I don't like people. I, I mean, I really don't like the whole idea of people coming to worship and just kind of sitting there. And I'm not trying to get you to do anything dramatic. I'm not trying to pull out emotion, but I am trying to make the point that you guys, we are in the middle of a worship gathering and our focus is the king of every single thing that exists. Okay, around the world, there's a wave on Sundays like today where there's people worshiping in, in Asia, uh, across Europe, and then they move into North America, Central America, in Latin America right now. I promise you, there's a whole lot of worshiping going on in Latin America today, right now. In, in countries like Haiti, where we spend a lot of time, where we've been many times, worship services are awesome. Okay, and they're awesome here too. But imagine right now if we were in a room like this and it's 100 degrees and there's no air conditioning and no ventilation system. I preached in rooms in Haiti where about four minutes in, I'm a sweat ball, just completely covered in sweat. One Sunday I was preaching in Haiti and I'm sweating like crazy. I'm about to die. And here comes a man, a Haitian man with a fan. He starts walking way back here. He comes around and he stops right in front of me. He sets the fan down, goes over and finds a generator. They turn on the generator because they don't have electricity that's just right there all the time. They turn the generator on, plug the extension cord into the generator, and all of a sudden the fan comes on. That man was like, Scott's about to die up there. We got to get him some ventilation. And it did. It was amazing. But imagine if that was your worship service today. Or what if you had to walk two miles to get there? Can you imagine walking in 100 degree weather two miles to get to worship? Well, in countries like Haiti and other places around the world, that is what they do. We get upset because we didn't get a close parking spot. And they didn't sing the song I like. Anyway, I could go on, on, on that. We're not going to do that. But in all seriousness, this is reality. We are in the presence of the king this morning. So we're going to talk about the king. So what does the king get to do? Whatever they want. The Bible says about God in, it says, God is in heaven doing whatever he pleases. 
I'm going to give you that phrase, and I want you to go find that scripture. Now, I want you to understand something. God is not Santa. We know this. A lot of us know this. Sometimes we treat God like Santa. All right, God, I'm in a bad mood. God, make me in a better mood. God, I don't really like my circumstances. My bank account's too low. God, put money in my bank. Yo, we're serving the king. He's in heaven. He's doing whatever he wants to do. That's what it means. We are not living in a spiritual democracy. Got real quiet. We don't get to go vote and have a meeting with all of our buddies and then go back to God and say, okay, God, now this is what we want. Really? I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is the truth. We don't get to tell God, this is what we think you should be doing. God is the king. He runs a kingdom. We are his servants. We are the ones who worship him. We go to God and say, God, you're in charge. I'm not. This is what it means to be in a kingdom, y'all. We are in a kingdom. We're not in a democracy. In America, we are spoiled rotten. Okay? We look at our government. And we're like, oh, my government's gone nuts and this terrible and there's all these things going on. And we're like, we got it. Oh, man, you got to fix us. You got it. All that. That's fine in America, but that's not the kingdom of God. And so this morning, as we're sitting here, I would love to kind of frame our, our mind in a little different way. We're in a kingdom. Look at a friend of yours real quick and just say, I live in a kingdom. Jesus is my king. I am his servant. I'm here to glorify him. That's, that is the truth, okay? This is reality. This is what Christianity is. When Jesus looked at the 12 followers of his, the disciples, and he said, follow me, guess what? He didn't ask them where the, he should go. Jesus didn't go up to these disciples and say, hey, come on, y'all, drop your nets. Come on, we're getting out of the boat. And by the way, where should we go? What, what do y'all think we should do today? What, what, what's up? How, how do y'all feel? How's your heart? What's your heart telling you we should do right now? Jesus never said any of that. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So when you became a Christian, who's a Christian in the room? Raise your hand. All right, now shake it. Now jump up and down. I'm just seeing how willing y'all are to do that. Okay, that's good. We got like seven people jumping. Good job. All right, but in all seriousness, if you raised your hand a minute ago, you're a Christian, you're living a kingdom, you serve the king. Now that's a pretty good thing, right? Now imagine if Elon Musk walked in our room today. And Elon Musk walked in and he said, I've got $40 billion over here in an account and Crossway Family Church, I've decided that we're just going to unleash these funds for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor Doug is like, bring it on. No, there's no but. He just says, here's the deal. We're coming and we're going to do this for you and you're mine. Elon Musk said, you're with me. You're, you're following me. You're, we're part of this together. I'm just, this is just an example. And, and so here we go. And so it would be like, we would all go, wait a minute, Elon Musk, and, you, you're, and I get to be with you? Taylor Swift. Her worth is more than like 50 countries on our planet through the years. She's made more money than like 50 countries. If she walked in and said, hey, here's the deal. I'm, you're mine. You're with me. I got you. Anything you want to do, we're rolling with it. And, and we're going to do this. Patrick Mahomes, he rolls in. Imagine if any of these people are like with you. One night I met Troy Aikman at a restaurant. And I love to say I met him. I literally saw him from a little, like six feet away. But I met him. Anyway, he nodded his head at me. Like he literally, we were walking out of a restaurant. And here he's walking in. I looked up and I had to look up because he's tall. And I was like, dude, that's Troy Eggman. And he did one of these at me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so literally, I'm on the phone all night long calling my friends going, dude, I met Troy Eggman tonight. 
Can you imagine, though, just with me for a second, if you had some sort of king that was on the earth and you knew, man, everywhere I go, they got, they got me. That's a silly example. It's not going to happen. But here's what is happening. Jesus himself is the true king, and he is your king. And what he has, you have. And where he is, you are. The Bible says in Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Where is Christ right now? He's seated at the right hand of God. So where are we right now? We're in him. He's in us. So we're on earth, but we're with him. And where he goes, you go. Where I go, he goes. I mean, he's in me. The Holy Spirit, God the Father is in me and you if you're a Christian. And said they're a Christian today. Who raised their hand? Okay, so here's the deal. So you have God in you. The king is in you. Now, does that change your reference point at all? Does that help you? I mean, and many times in my life, I forget that I'm a child of the king. But we are. We're, we're children of the king. And so here we go. Jesus is king. And so let me ask you a question. What does this mean? What does that phrase on the screen mean? You're his. You're his. I got one daughter in the room. Kelly and I have three awesome daughters. And they're ours forever. If they called me right now, if I got a text message right now that from one of them and said, hey, I need something, I, I'd probably... I'd probably say, all right, Doug, I got to wrap this up because my daughter needs this because they're mine. I love them with everything in me. There's, I can't imagine loving anyone more. We are his today. We are his. Jesus King, look at a scripture, John chapter 15, verse five. Now, I'm a simple preacher. I don't even know if I'm a preacher. I don't really know what I am, to be honest. I think I just talk. Um, but but I want to I talk about this verse right now. John chapter 15, verse 5. Everybody say it with me. Jesus is what? Jesus is king. Okay, awesome. And now I want you to say this with me. I am his. Jesus king and I'm his. So what does this really mean? Let's look at John chapter 15, verse 5. So these are the words of Jesus. I want you to imagine Jesus right now. You're sitting in front of Jesus. He's with you. We're sitting somewhere. Imagine you're at a campfire. For me, I love the outdoors. I'm sitting around a campfire. There's a river behind me. It's a little bit chilly. I got a coat on and there's snow on the top of the mountains and I can hear the wind kind of moving through the pine trees. That's kind of the scene for me as I think about this. And I'm sitting with Jesus and it's just the two of us. And Jesus looks at me and he says, Scott, I am the vine. You're the branch. What does this mean? Jesus king and you're his. The first thing it means is that you are connected to the king. This verse, we all know this verse. How many of y'all know John 15, 5? Raise your hand again, John 15, 5. If you knew this verse coming in, you could quote it. You knew it. You've heard it. Doug's preached on it before. I am the vine. You are the branches. We know that verse. It goes on and says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But I want to hang on just the beginning of this verse. I am the vine. You know what a vine does, right? What does a vine do? It grows. Does the vine produce? Hold on. Make sure you're thinking with me. Does the vine produce fruit? The vine grows branches. The branches produce the fruit. All right. Now, I don't want to be too literal with this because Jesus does produce the fruit. He is the source. I don't want you to think opposite. But the vine's purpose is to grow and produce fruit, produce branches that produce fruit. He is the vine today. He is king. You're connected to him. He is the vine. We're the branches. All right? So I'm doing a lot of little crowd participation today, but I want you to say this with me. I produce fruit. What I'm saying is you produce fruit if you're connected to the vine. 
If you are apart from the vine, you die quickly. Just look around in Bowie, Texas in the middle of summer and look at a vine that doesn't have a water source. Apart from the vine, nothing happens. You don't produce it, but because you're connected. So here's the deal. Because you are connected to him, you're able to produce. So the first thing today, what does this mean? It means you are connected. Now, I love this one. Does everybody know this verse on the screen? Probably everybody in this room knows this verse. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his what? Only begotten son. So let's pause on that. God loved the world and gave his son. Okay? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting eternal life. So here we go. Jesus King, you are his you're connected, John 15, 5, and now there's two big words that I'm going to pull out of this verse that may be words you've never thought of. The first word that I see in this verse is redeemed. You're redeemed. Jesus King, you're his, you're redeemed. So what does redeemed mean? So like D Doug and I played doubles tennis together. I remember we were playing some guys one time and I double faulted four times in a game. You have four points in a game. I double faulted four times. I lost the entire game because of my inability to get the ball over the net in the right spot on the court. I lost it. That fired me up. And I remember specifically going, all right, Doug, I'm going to redeem myself. And so I went from double faulting four times in a game to going nuts and playing an awesome rest of the match because I knew I had really blown it with my partner. I redeemed myself. So in sports, this week, the Texas Rangers won the World Series. How about those Rangers? Okay. And think about all those years, y'all, that they lost. And even in the last inning, I'm standing in my living room. Kelly's there with me. And I'm like, I'm looking at the screen. We're up five to zero or whatever the score was. And I'm thinking we're going to blow it. I really am. Part of me is like, this, this isn't real. I'm standing up. I couldn't even sit down. I'm looking at the screen. I'm like, we're, something's going to happen. But all of a sudden, that guy threw the third strike, and it really happened. And he threw his glove up, and everybody, and y'all, it was redemption. They redeemed. Now, they are the world champions. Y'all, they redeemed themselves. I want you to picture yourself right now as redeemed. Jesus is king. You are his. You are redeemed. You blew it when you are a parent with your kid. You blew it as a kid. You blew it along the way as a husband, as a wife. You blew it. But because of Jesus, you're redeemed. John 3, 16, that's eternal life. Because of what God did, his love gave us eternal life. We are redeemed. And are you ready? I'm gonna walk, I don't know where the camera is, Doug. But listen, you are going to carry redemption everywhere you go the rest of your life. Have you ever thought about that? You are sitting in this room with redemption all in you. How many of y'all feel redeemed? Redeemed. You carry redemption. Does our world need redemption right now? Yeah. I mean, does, I mean I'm, I'm not just trying to like get you riled up, but when you leave here, are you going to meet somebody who needs redemption? I'm going to be discouraged. Something's going to happen. I'm going to need somebody to re help redeem me and bring me some excitement. You are too. You carry redemption in your house today, with your kids today. Look, you, you, you know, I, look at your kid and say, listen, I'm here to help you with redemption. If you don't believe it, I'm going to get my paddle out. I mean, I'm just kidding. That's a joke, kids. All right, but literally, you're, you get to redeem. You bring, because of your salvation, you get to bring redemption. You get to bring redemption, and you get to bring eternal life. So think about this with me. When you leave today, and you walk out into the market, and you go down the street, you go to Alsip's. You roll into Alsip's. Do you think anybody in that room needs redemption? What about eternal life? 
You think you're going to meet anybody at all sips today that needs eternal life? You carry redemption. You carry eternal life because of Jesus. Jesus is king. You are his. You carry redemption. Jesus is king. You are his. You get to carry eternal life. Have you ever led somebody to Christ? Have you ever sat down with them and, and taken them through the plan of salvation and said, this is who Jesus is. This is where you're headed. You're headed to hell and separation from God, but he doesn't want that to happen. You can meet him right now. Would you like to do that? One of my favorite stories in Haiti was a young man one night. I was standing in the middle of an alley. Again, no electricity. It's dark, dark, dark. And I looked at him and I said, do you know the story of Jesus? This is a young man who's been raised all around religion. And he looked at me and he was like, yeah. I said, but do you really? And I had my interpreter with him, and so I can't speak French Creole, but my friend, Pastor Jackie, could. And we got to talk with this young man, and he prayed to receive Jesus in the alley. He went from death to life. He was dead, and now he's alive forever. He'll live in poverty his whole life. His life on earth will be awful compared to most of the people in the world. He'll eat maybe four times a week. I didn't say four times a day. That's what he will, he'll have four meals a week. Most likely no protein or no meat, maybe some beans, rice, but he has eternal life. And so this little blip of a time period on the earth is a blip compared to eternity. So let's just let it be a blip and quit trying to make it our eternal home. That's another whole sermon. You get to carry hope, guys. You get to carry life with people, all right? So Jesus is king. You are his. You're connected. You carry redemption. You carry life. And the last one is Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. This is, so Jesus is king, you are his, and this is the truth about you. You're the light of the world. Jesus talking to disciples in Matthew chapter 5. He's speaking to a bunch of people who are following him. Are you following Jesus today? Are you a Christian? Raise your hand again if you're a Christian. So listen, y'all, this is you. He's talking to us. Matthew chapter 5, this is us he's talking to. And he says, you're the light. Now, here's the deal. If we turned out all the lights in this room and I turned on my flashlight, where would your eyes go? You'd go to my flashlight. You know why? Because you can't hide light. You can't ignore light. You could try. I could, some of y'all are like, yeah, I can. If you turn all the lights out, I'm just not going to open my eyes. I'm like, well, fine. Just sit there until you have to get up. But when you get up, you're probably going to have to turn on your eyes or you're going to hurt yourself. And go ahead and be stubborn if you want. Some of y'all could be stubborn and say, I can get out of here without, yeah, that's fine. And a lot of people are doing that right now anyway. They're like, yeah, I'm not going to look at Jesus. He is the light, but I'm going to stumble through life anyway. But here's the deal. You can't hide light. So I travel a lot. And again, I don't like being alone, but bottom line is I am. And so I'm, sometimes I have these little pity parties. I was connecting with a flight in North Carolina to fly down to, up to Virginia one day. I'm in the air. I look at my app on the phone. It says, Scott, you have five minutes till your next flight takes off. I'm in the air. Anybody landed a plane in five minutes and got everybody off and to the gate in five minutes? No. I'm sitting there going, all right, I'm going to miss my flight. So I know the way it works, and I know some little tricks. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my best. So anyway, plane lands. I push my way through the aisle. I'm on, I'm on road 24. I kind of rudely, not rudely, but hey, don't, excuse me, excuse me, please, excuse me. I'm not trying to be as nice as I can. And I work my way through the plane. I get up to the front, and I get off the plane pretty quick. I look at my phone and it says zero minutes. My flight, there's no chance. I sprinted. I put on my backpack and I ran as hard as I could. I broke a sweat. I get to the deal. I get to the gate. I walk up. The door's closed. Rule, if you're in an airport and you're trying to get on a flight and the door's closed at your gate, you're not getting on that flight. 
It ain't going to happen. But I'm pretty stubborn. So I walked up to the door and I banged on the door. I was like, boom, 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 boom. I, I hit it hard because I wanted them to hear me. I wasn't mad. I was just trying to get their attention. Nothing happened. So I was like, oh, man. All right, what does this mean? I'm preaching the next morning at that church, by the way. So it could mean that I'm not going to make a flight to get down there. So bottom line is, a long, super long story. I took a deep breath, walked over to another gate, talked to a flight. I said, whatever, can you help me? They're like, yeah, here's another flight. Takes off in three hours. And so you, you know, you got to walk back, you know, this way, your gate's over there. So whatever. So I was walking by and the, the door to my other plane opened all of a sudden. Some of y'all are thinking, he's about to get on the plane. No, that's not what happened. Lady opened the door and she goes, are you Mr. Burks? And I was like, yeah, I am. I kind of think maybe something's about to happen. She goes, you missed your plane by one minute. I was like, what? Why did you even tell me? Why couldn't you have said 12 minutes? I mean, that was better. I mean, one minute I could have like hurdled that kid that was in front of me, you know? So I took a deep breath, walked back, sat down, I got some food, sat down, and I'm just eating my food. I was really just feeling sorry for myself. Ever been there? So here we go. Can't hide light. So I'm sitting there on the chair, eat me a salad. I'm trying to be healthy, eating a salad. I wanted like Doritos and nachos and Snickers bars. But I ate a salad and I finished my salad. I kind of looked over to my right and there's a man standing here about eight feet away from me just kind of standing like this. So I looked over at him and I love to meet people. And so I'll talk to just about anybody and I really do enjoy meeting new people. And so I looked at him and I was like, hey, what's up? And he did something and I reached out and we did a fist bump. So I started talking, looked at him and I said, this is about four minutes into the conversation. I said, are you a Christian? Because I am. I'm not joking. He preached me about a 15-minute sermon, things that I needed to know. I'm like, all right, I hear you, Lord. I missed that flight, but okay. Walked across the aisle. He gets on his plane. I walk across to my gate on the other side of the little hallway, standing there by the trash can. And I like to help people. And so I'm standing by the trash can. I'm opening the trash can for people when they come up to dump their trash. It just was what I was doing. Not super special person or overly nice. It just happened to be that I was there and Guy walks up behind me, same kind of deal. He's on this side though. I looked at him, started talking, said, um, you're a Christian? He goes, I'm a reverend. Then he preached the sermon to me. So I'm like, all right, Lord, I hear you. I get on my plane and I don't like sitting by the window. I, I'm a little claustrophobic. And so I'm sitting by the window and there's a guy next to me that's overly talkative. And I love to talk too, but I was kind of tired at this point. And so I'm kind of talking to this guy. We talk and I told him my story. And so the bottom line is the plane took off. I said, listen, man, I'm a, I put my headphones on. I said, I got to get a nap. So I took a nap. We got off the plane. When I got off, I'm walking down the little deal. And there's this man standing at the bottom of the runway, at the bottom of the little steps or whatever they're called. I get down there to him and he looks at me and he goes, uh, I got to ask you a question. What do you do? And I was like, I always have a hard time answering that question because I just do a lot of different things. And so I looked at him and I said, well, I'm a pastor. He goes, I knew it. And I was like, really? I just told you the story. He goes, I knew it. I could just tell. And so here's the deal, y'all. At the end of this whole talk, I want you to understand something. Jesus looks at us and he says, you're the light of the world. Now I was raised in Wichita Falls. I've been around this area. Kelly and I were just driving around last night thinking about things and memories. I remember where I got saved. I could go through a bunch of long stories. I know what it's like to live where you live. I know Bowie, Texas. I know Henrietta. I know Decatur. I've been pulled over more times going through Decatur by the highway patrol than I know what it's like here, but you know what I, you know what I know it needs the most? It needs Jesus. It needs light. Today, you came here to church so that God would give you some light. And Doug allowed me to come preach. 
I, I really, I love to get to do what I'm doing right now. And I, I love it in a, in a room like this that I know is interested in what we're talking about. And as a partner in ministry, I really feel like Doug and Crossway, I feel like y'all are partners with what we're doing with B-Love and me in general. But he wanted you to have some light today. He wanted me to come share three simple passages of scripture so you would have some light today. Because some of us, what did I just say? Some of us, I didn't say y'all, I said us, need some light right now. Jesus is king, you're his, you're connected, you're redeemed, you're forgiven, and you ready? Here's the one that I, I, I really wanna bring this like super special, your light. So your kids, I mean, my daughter's here, she doesn't get to hear me preach a whole lot, so Macy, you're light. She, I, she's real embarrassed right now, so I'll stop. Okay, cool. So mother, daughter, you're a light for your daughter. You're a light for your mom. You're a light today. These aren't my words. This is what Jesus told people in Matthew chapter 5. You are light. You can't hide light. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. In Virginia, there's hills everywhere. Sun drops. Guess what shows up when the sun drops? Darkness. And then all of a sudden, light from the cities starts showing up on the hills. Shenandoah National Park, you can go to the top. There's a there's a ridge, there's a road. You can be on the top of the mountain and look down and see city after city, light after light, because you can't hide light. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. So here, maybe this is a sign from the Lord. The battery's running out on the mic. God brought you here for a reason today. He brought me here for a reason today. For me, I need to keep remembering that he's the king and I'm not. For me, I need to remember that I live in a kingdom, not a democracy. This is a big deal. We don't live in a democracy. God is in heaven. You're going to go look this up later and find the verse. God is in heaven doing whatever he pleases to do. He's not looking down here going, hey, Crossway, hey, Pastor Doug, uh, I've, I've got a big dile dile dilemma. I don't know what to do in Texas. Doug, what should I do? He's not asking Doug what he should do. He's telling Doug what he's going to do. So here we are. We're connected. We're redeemed. We have eternal life in us, and we are light. So now tell me, tell me what kind of person you are right now. If you're a Christian, you raised your hand earlier. Raise your hand again. You're a Christian. So those hands in the air are connected, redeemed, full of life, eternal life, not life that may go away someday, eternal life, and you're light. So what do we do in Bowie today? What do we do, Kelly and Macy and I, as we drive back to Arlington? We shine. We shine. We take the initiative. We look people in the eye and say, hey, how's it going? How can I help you today? Is there something you need? Try that. Try that. I've had one person in my entire life that literally my entire life, I love to ask people to pray. I love to say, hey, I'm Scott. I love to pray. How can I pray for you? I've had one person in my whole life say, I don't want you to pray for me. They lived in Austin, Texas. So that explains that, right? I can have that conversation with anybody. I can look at you and say, how can I pray for you? And I'll bet you anything in a matter of a minute or two, you would, you would have something for me. All right, let's pray. But let's, let's, uh, let's really pray right now and ask God to do something. So I do, I do have to ask this. Is there anybody in the room that's not a Christian? Okay, this is a fun family. You guys love each other. It's a tight-knit group. This is a place for you to say, I'm not a Christian. I was 16 years old when I got saved. I was at City View Baptist Church growing up. At six years old, I walked an aisle and said I wanted to become a Christian. I had no idea what I was doing. At 16 years old, I got saved. Do you understand that? He who has the Son of God has life, and who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That's 1 John chapter 5. Do you have Jesus? I really want you to ask yourself that question. You can be 15, you can be 50, you can be whatever. It doesn't matter your age. Do you have Jesus? Have you said yes to Jesus? Have you invited Jesus into your life? Have you stopped long enough and said, Jesus, you're a king? I'm serious about this. 
Nobody needs to leave this room today without being a Christian. Not a, I did not understand at six what I did. I did at 16 and it rocked my whole world. The reason I'm here today is because what happened at 16. Do you know Jesus? All right, that's first. So I'm not going to make a head bow. I'm not going to make you do anything. But is there anybody right now that would say, Scott, I really don't think I know Jesus, but I want to know him today. Raise your hand. And I like to draw these things out. Doesn't mean we don't have to go for another 20 minutes. I'm not going to. I'll give you five more seconds. Three, two, one. Nobody? Okay, great. That means we're in a room full of Christians. Based on what just happened, that means we're all Christians. So we're light, okay? We are light. We're connected. We're redeemed. We have eternal life in us. We carry redemption. We carry eternal life. And we're carrying light out of this building. I really want you to get out of this building as soon as possible and go be light in Bowie, Texas. Hang around in here. Eat some food. Do whatever. Say hi to Doug. And just, you know, be nice. But get out of here. This room isn't for, it's not where you're supposed to stay. You came today to be filled up to go. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what I want to do today. All right. So let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. Jesus Christ, we love you. We thank you for saving us. God, I thank you for that Camp Chaparral, that moment, that night where I got saved. Lord, where I became a Christian and you changed my life, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for changing my life and for putting me on a mission. Lord, I thank you for all the places I've been. Lord, I thank you for all the people that you've allowed me to meet, like here this morning. God, I thank you for my personal future and things that are coming. Lord, and now for this room, for the people in this room, I, I pray this. I thank you for all of those things for them as well. I do thank you for moments where the people in this room met Jesus, met you, Father. I thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that strong conviction would come on each one of us to follow you, hold tight to you, like literally cling to you, Father, as we leave today. But I pray with all of my heart that all of us would leave here and go, you know what? I'm going to be redemption for somebody and eternal life for somebody and light for somebody today. And Lord, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask that you hold us accountable on this. Well, I pray all this in your name. Amen. All right, so here's accountability time. I don't know how many of y'all are on social media or not. So if you are, great. If you're not, that's fine too. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to message somebody today and tell them the story about how you were light for somebody. I'm not joking. All right? I love to laugh and I love to be goofy and I love to have fun. But I'm not joking about this. Everybody in this room needs to go be light for somebody. And then you need to hold each other accountable and ask the question, were you light today? Did you pray with somebody today? Did you ask somebody if they knew Jesus today? You're not off the hook. I'm sorry. You came to church, but you came. So you're here. You're hearing these words. You're not off the hook. Every one of us is, is, is in this game. So I got witnesses with my wife and daughter. I got to be light today. That's what I got to be. That's what you got to be. Now let's hold each other accountable. Who's willing? You raise your hand a bunch today. Who's willing to do exactly what I'm asking right now? Who's willing to do this? All right. I don't see everybody's hand yet, so that's okay. There we go. There you go. All right. God is good. He loves us. He's given us a mission. He's given us a reason to live. Thank you all so much for letting me be a part of what's going on here today at Crossway. All right.
Doug, would you like for me to do anything else? I got a, I got a rap I could do if you want me to do a rap. Uh, 